Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry-leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. We're heading into a new marketing week, and we're getting into the middle part of February here with the price discovery period, and we're lucky enough to have with us today uh, Matt Bennett. Matt, how's it going? Going good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Actually, as we record this today, I've been working on our year-end financials, trying to get all that done. Our year-end is January 31st, so I was kind of trying to get all that, all those numbers together, Twenty. Three at least for us looks pretty decent, but I don't know when you start putting cash flows together for 2024, it doesn't look very rosy. What do you, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean it looks pretty rough, especially if you don't have much in the way of hedges on. You know, I think yeah. the 24 looks uh, tough as can be. The thing is, and I know you and I have talked about this before. You know, I hedged quite a bit of my corn uh, whenever I bought fertilizer for the 23 crop back in the fall of 22. You know, I did the same thing actually in 21. Some of those hedges didn't look as good. But whenever you look at the hedges for 21, 22, 23, those falls, you know, for the years 23, uh, 22 through 24, I feel pretty good about where my averages sit. So I think staying consistent and, you know, whenever you're outlaying the money, whenever you're agreeing to cash rents, whatever it might be, and you kind of know, hey, this is what I need to do as far as, uh, locking down uh, some of my risk management, uh, putting profitable situations uh, in place for myself. You know, that's a really good time to step in there and sell corn. And I know some folks didn't want to this year because fertilizer dropped so much and they felt like they had uh, some time. But, you know, I kept uh, reminding people last fall, it doesn't mean the corn can't go down another dollar. And here we are, you know, uh, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, just pretty tough sailing over the last several weeks. Yeah. Last week we, 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 continue to not get any good news and we continue to pile, you know, kind of bearish news on top of everything here. Anything that um, you're kind of watching this next week or two as we kind of cruise through this price discovery period on the crop insurance, anything you guys are watching at, at your shop? Yeah, I mean, you know, funds are actually quite short already, but the thing is, is that, you know, on Friday, uh, CMA came out and lowered margin requirements. And so, I'm not so sure that uh, some of these bigger funds might say, hey, we're not even going to have to put any more money on the table. We'll go ahead and sell, you know, another tranche of, of contracts. And I'm not trying to make light of it. It stinks. I'm right there with you. I farm, you farm. You know, we do a lot of this stuff on the side uh, or, you know, it was on the side. Now it's uh, probably a little bit more than just on the side, but we farm. So, right. you know, we don't want the prices to move lower, but, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, ignoring the facts uh, doesn't mean that they're not still facts. So, uh, I feel like they're probably going to end up selling some more. There's just nothing to get the funds excited about covering positions right now. You know, they seem to still be flowing into equities. This is a very long run of equities winning over commodities. And I think that will turn at some point when it does. Uh, obviously, it'll be a little more enjoyable. But for the time being, I'll tell you what, the path of least resistance sure seems lower to me uh, without major weather issues for the Sabrina crop. Uh, you know, which we'll find out in the next eight to 10 weeks, you know, without major issues there, boy, I really struggle, you know, to think that we're going to rally much. I'm not saying we'll fall out of bed completely, but I'm, I'm concerned about it, especially for your cash grain holders. Now, the other thing would be fall corn. Uh, oh boy, I think you'll get a rally of some sort. I don't know how much it'll be. Probably won't be enough for most people. 
but what I'm concerned about, Chris, is where's, where does prices sit, you know, uh, 1st of October this next fall? Uh, boy, I would I would say significantly lower is certainly a, a possibility, if not uh, a likelihood, if we have 91 or 2 million acres of U.S. corn planted. Because, man, without a supreme crop failure, you're, you're looking at some massive carryouts, both world and U.S. Um, I'm going to circle back to a comment you made on the short positions of the funds and probably adding to that. If they step away and the farmer sells against that really hard, I mean, is it pretty likely that's going to be one of the huge limiting factors then probably right to where we don't see as much, you know, where the short covering gives us a rally, it's really probably going to be pretty limited, won't it? Or what's your thought? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the funds have been carrying 260 to 300,000 short here over the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks. You know, essentially uh, that is a billion and a half bushels or less, a little bit less. You know, and so the farmers hold on to probably, I'm just going to estimate somewhere between nine and 10 billion bushels of corn, just to give you an idea. And so mm -hmm. I know folks think once the funds cover that it has to mean a rally. And by all means, it will definitely be a supportive in nature. Uh, I think you could see a rally on the board because I don't think everybody's going to sell corn all at once. But what you'll see is a significant amount of hedge pressure. So yeah. let's say we rally the same 20, 30 cents. You know, I don't think there's any snowball's chance, you know what? Uh, that we're going to get all of that as far as a cash price goes. So as a producer, you got to kind of understand how that's going to work. I'm assuming, you know, you get anywhere from half to two thirds of it, uh, but the rest of it will be in uh, basis widening. Uh, elevator systems won't be able to handle this next harvest, so to speak, because there'll be a lot of bushels going to town. And that's how they uh, control how much is coming to town is, you know, they got to widen the basis out if they can't handle it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when we look at, these cash flows, almost every conversation has led to, with the exception of a few, but a lot of them have led to, we're going to have to yield our way out of this. <laughs> if we all yield our way out of this, it just continually puts that much more pressure on on prices, to your point, yeah. you know, by the time we get to that that point. Um, my my next thing I wanted to hit on is, you know, we're, I've said this a couple of times, we're in that price discovery period during the month of February. Um, even though it doesn't look like we're going to have anything anywhere near where we were last year, let's say the number comes in 470, just on, we'll just use corn uh, as an example. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that would say, I mean, in your uh, crystal ball, could you see 370 corn in the fall? Yeah, easily. That's, um, that's a dollar drop. I mean, if yeah. you 85%, let's just say basic 85 RP, you have a dollar drop, you yield your APH, you're in an indemnity claim again, just like last year. It's just that we're dealing with lower. Right. Rate. And does a guy want to buy up in this situation potentially? You know, uh, I know some folks are talking going 90, 95%, you know, because their margins are so thin, they're thinking, well, worst case scenario is I hold my money together, you know, and that's not the end of the world. Now, some folks aren't even going to come close to holding their money together. When you look, yeah. for instance, at the farm doc article talking about, you know, what cash rent uh, growers in uh, north central Illinois, we're going to be looking at, um, you know, your average, you know, cash rent grower uh, at current levels as far as inputs go and prices of corn and beans are underwater. And so this will be the first year in a long time, Chris, that most producers are not going to guarantee anything other than uh, uh, the lack of a disaster, you know, so you won't be able to guarantee profitable, uh, profitable situations for most, uh, maybe if you own your ground is paid for, 
but this is going to be a different type situation. So uh, by all means, I think if crop insurance comes in at 470, I'm a big proponent of you buying all of it you can get. It's a subsidized put, essentially. Uh, but the other thing I'd remind folks of is now you've got insured bushels. And when you've got insured bushels, you can use your marketing plan in tandem with your crop insurance. Yeah. Use it for what, in my opinion, it's 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 uh, purchased for uh, partially. And that is to give you the opportunity, once again, to really uh, take advantage whenever it comes to marketing. Absolutely, because I think that's that was the lesson from 23, right? There was a lot of insurance bought and not a lot of acti activity on the marketing side in conjunction with that. So I think that was probably a lesson learned and probably something that we yeah. can adjust our behavior in this upcoming year. Um, anything on soybeans you guys are watching? It's pretty ugly on that that front too, or anything South America, any anything you guys are paying attention to? Yeah. Just any hope on anything? Right. So the USDA report, you know, you drop a exports 35 million bushels. That's warranted. Uh, whenever you look at freight on board values for the US, Brazil, and Argentina, we're essentially at least $50 a metric ton uh, out of the market right now, uh, we're, we're just too high. And so we're going to have a really hard time getting exports, you know, at this particular time. It was very interesting that the USDA, you know, is essentially the largest estimate for uh, both Brazilian corn and soybeans. They're being estimated at 156, was dropped a million tons. Conab's 149. The USDA has done themselves well in the past by slowly uh, lowering their estimates. This particular year, with extreme is what the weather's been, uh, you know, I, uh, Derek Snodgrass and I talk quite a bit. He, he lends me a slide here and there. We kind of share each other's presentations, uh, uh, in, you know, he's talking about how excessively dry it was like October 1st through December 31st, you know, in some of those areas, this is the driest it's been since 1979. So, you know, with that being the case, you know, the production is going to be lower, but even so, Chris, the problem is that Brazil's crop, uh, could be drastically cut. Uh, yields could be down uh, significantly. And when you plant 3% more acres, it gives you a buffer. Uh, first of all, second of all, Argentina uh, is going to raise twice as big a crop as they did a year ago because they had a drought. So uh, South American production is very unlikely to be down year on year. And so it's not particularly rosy there either. Uh, last thing I'll say on beans, it concerns me a little bit. Uh, nothing concern me. We knew it was going to happen, but it concerns a lot of folks you know, that you're seeing beans shipped into the Southeast coast, you know what global arbitrage is going to happen if you get into a tight situation in the U S which is what we've had the last couple three years when the rest of the world isn't necessarily tight. So a multinational company is going to source beans or bean meal or bean oil, wherever you can get it the cheapest. And that's just the way it's going to work. And so, you know, we all have to kind of understand how that's going to, how that's going to progress moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I want to hit on is, you know, low prices typically um, are what we need to produce demand. And demand is usually what makes markets sustainable or better or whatever. And we're going through the pain period now. And, and you know, you go back and look after 2012, we had a pain period of about five years, realistically. Um, what are some practical things that, you know, and, and not to put you on the spot, but like some practical things that you're looking at as a producer that guys need to be thinking about, you know, short-term, but also long-term. I mean, there's just some things that we probably need to be shoring up. Um, kind of a big, wide open question there. But in the meantime, demand is being created, you know, whether yeah. it's, you know, sustainable aviation fuel or whatever it is, there's a, you know, the good, the good side of it is we got to pay attention to that. We got to get in survival mode, but 
it's kind of a wide open question to wrap up with here, but just kind of get your two cents. Yeah. So renewable fuels, you know, it, it, we, we, we need renewable fuels. We're losing global, uh, you know, dominance, for instance, Brazil's your number one corn and soybean exporter mm-hmm. uh, globally. Uh, we're and we're going to continue to lose market share due to the fact that they're growing every year and we're not growing every year. In fact, we're losing acreage every year. So, uh, you know, I, I think we have to understand right now is not a good time. Uh, we can't make a lot of mistakes in a year like this. We have to tighten our belt. Uh, in my opinion, back off a little bit on uh, anything where we're spending money. And I mean, that includes, uh, you know, family living expense. You know, a person has to understand if you do get in a four or five year window, there's a lot of folks that uh, drastically cut into their equity situation. And in some cases uh, had to get pretty creative just to stay in business in that time frame. And so I don't know that it's going to last that long, but 2024 certainly does doesn't look like any picnic by any means. Uh, and second of all, I, I think uh, the next couple, three years could look tough. Once you start looking at what a balance sheets look like, you know, again, at 92, 93 million acres of corn or 87 million acres of beans, because, you know, uh, both those situations, you're looking at strong carryouts. The corn carryout right now uh, at a 217, that's the largest it's been since clear back in 2018. So that's, that, that's a while. Uh, the bean carryout, if it comes to pass, you know, at this 310, uh, 315 level, that's going to be the largest we've seen since 2019. So you're bu- you're looking at bigger stocks. You're looking at stocks at times whenever we were really struggling uh, to make ends meet. The, the farmer was, uh, you know, kind of in a quandary. And I think that uh, we're going to be in a little bit of a quandary this year. So I think now and moving forward the next three or four years, uh, diversification is going to be very strong uh, uh, recommendation for me to, uh, to give to people on the farm. First of all, you know, is there a way that we can figure out a way to make our farms more profitable, uh, lower our costs, for instance, uh, you know, anything that we can do uh, to put ourselves in a position where, you know, we're going to have a, a little more meat on the bone at the end of the year, because it's, it's going to be tough sailing, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, as you were talking there, I was just looking, we're at, uh, $102 an acre on average for, for what we call return to management, which is overhead expenses. And so that's a pretty big number considering like three years ago, it was in the $60 range. Yeah. Some of that's inflation, not avoidable. And some of it's increased spending. It's hard to back away from that. So it's easy to say, you know, Hey, we need to cut back on that, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to tell your spouse, well, we're not going to do that vacation now. You know, those yeah. are things that that are tough. And then you know, sure. the, the equipment, I think, you know, people can, can navigate that one. I mean, you can run something an extra year or two and do some fixing and things. And, yep. and then, and the land rents is about a three-year deal and we're entering year two. So we might have some tough sledding yet for another year in 20, going yes. into 2025, trying to get land rents down. Just Absolutely. the, the quote unquote neighbor would pay that or whatever conversation that. Right that occurs, but yield, 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 I think is a big thing. Uh, the message I'm getting from yeah. you. And the other thing too, is don't cut on the things that either enhance or protect yield either. Cause it's got yield. So, yeah. yeah, you don't want to start cutting costs, you know, uh, uh, because you're trying to save a little bit of money. You're still going to have to raise the bushels that gives you the chance to market them. Well, put them in the bin. Maybe you're in a carry market. It's a totally different market. And we've seen the last two or three years yeah. where it was inverted. You know, you may have to make those bins work this time around. So this year is kind of a tough year, uh, given the carryout we're going to have to chew through. But I do think uh, as we move forward, uh, handling your bins like the elevator handles theirs, hedging the uh, the carry in the market, and then waiting on bases to come to you, 
that's probably going to be a better bet for most of us that uh, have the ability to go ahead and put that stuff in the bin. But yeah, it's going to be a different ball game than what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that brought brought made me think of one thing, and then I'll, I swear to God, I'll let you go. Um, the uh, last thing you you had mentioned carrying the market. There's carrying the market for this. You know, you look out to July right now. There's a whole bunch of people listening to this, sitting on bushels that they're like, "I wish these were gone, and I wish I had gotten five dollars or better for them." And not recommendation, but if you look out there and you look at the carry out to the July, we start seeing some strength. Does it make sense just to sell that July and then chase the basis, or, or is there a different a thought in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the carry to July right now is is okay. It's not phenomenal, but at one time when Deese was going off the board, mm-hmm. you were pushing over 35 cents from Deese to July, and that was a pretty incredible deal. And so we were trying to tell folks, hey, go ahead and sell the July, wait on basis to come to you. Basis may not be all that rosy this year uh, because we do have to get a lot of corn to town, but it's going to improve at some point. Typically, that's what we see happen. And so, yes, absolutely. If you get a rally in there and it's on your bin on the farm, they're going to pay you to go ahead and hold on to it a couple extra, three or four extra months. I'd go ahead and take them up on that because uh, uh, nickels and dimes are going to show up, uh, in my opinion, uh, to really help help folks. Whereas, uh, you know, we were giving away quarters and 50 cent pieces the last couple, three years and still making money. That's uh, not going to happen this time. Yeah. Yep. It's going to take some navigating. It's take a little algebra here in the process too, but I'm going to let you go. Cause I, I think uh, as we record this, you're in the midst of, of uh, watching something very important and I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. keep you away from, from that. It's important to me. My wife doesn't think it's all that important, but uh, <laughs> that's a topic for a different time. So, yep. 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 So, all right. Hey, um matt thanks a lot really appreciate your expertise today and we'll get you back again soon absolutely have a good one bud yeah we'll do all right everybody uh thanks for listening we'll catch you again next time on the agview pitch